Today's podcast is one of the most important ones I'll share in a long time, especially if your goal is to make money from music. Now, it's really how I have made most of my income from music over the past 30 years and how you could easily be making it too. I'm talking about music production for clients and artists. Now, before you tune me out because you just want to write music and have it magically make money for you, most of you listening have the ability, the tools, and the experience to make five to six figures per year producing music for artists and clients. So even if you already do produce music for people in this way, you're still going to need to listen to this podcast as I'm going to drop some nuggets, some just complete bombs on how to not just build, but thrive as a music production business, not just for a few months, not just for a year, but possibly decades. In fact, what I'm going to share with you today could be the podcast that literally changes the direction of your professional music life. Wow, how's that for an introduction? Well, welcome to season two, episode 73 of the Make Music Income podcast, where we talk about how to make music income of all kinds, including sync licensing, stock music for YouTube, streaming income, music publishing and royalties, and what we're going to be talking about today, and that is making music as a music production business and how to build a thriving music production business. This podcast and this channel are uh, uh, unlike most any channel that I can find to even listen to or, or on a podcast or watch on YouTube. It's because we talk about how to make music income and then I actively do that very thing. And I don't think you see that always with everybody who is doing uh, videos. I, I found it very hard over the past week to find videos to watch. And as some of you know, I was out of town and had ample watching time uh, for watching YouTube videos. And, and some of the channels that I've watched for a long time are just either recycling the same information or they are doing something, they're talking about things they're not doing, so that's not very interesting. And I am actively doing this every day. So make sure you subscribe, get all the music, income, goodness every week in the form of these podcasts, the shorter teaching content I have, and even the shorter shorts. I don't wear short shorts, but um, the shorts are short. And I do have a lot of shorts coming up this week that I've finally been able to get back to. So make sure you subscribe. If you are new to the channel, my name is Eric Copeland, and I am a uh, music composer, mostly, and a music educator, second. And uh, also am an artist. I got to use an artist side of mine this week, uh, and I'll tell you about that in a moment. But um, I've made hundreds of thousands of dollars over the last 25 years as a music professional in some way or another. I've been a music teacher. I'm a music teacher now. I've been a music consultant for artists, a producer, which is what we're going to talk about today. I have also made this completely outside the walls of the music industry. You know, most everybody that 
is now running some kind of podcast or has uh, their own music business or that's been a big old fancy producer or whatever. They have all of these names that they've worked with, that they've, they, they were once in this band or they were once signed to this label or they used to work at a label and then they got fired and now they need another job. And that's okay. I mean, we all lose our jobs, but I never had that kind of stuff. I totally made this on the outside of the walls the giant walls of the music business and totally did my uh, my own thing. And uh, so that's who I am and that's what I am. Uh, this channel is all about just my experiences in, as someone who, just like you, tries to make music and then tries to make music income off of it. All sorts of interesting things always happening every week. There's a reason this channel has a lot of things to talk about. I mean, I, I have so much I can't even get to yet. I'm trying to get to music production, which is why we're here in this video today and trying to get music production facts out to you all. And that is one of the reasons we're doing this video today, how to build a thriving music production business. So that's what we're gonna talk about on today's show. Um, along the way, I'll be answering questions in just a moment. And uh, we'll be talking about music production and we'll be talking about a lot of things. We try to do this live. This is the podcast. And now uh, you may be watching this on YouTube right this second, but there's going to be people driving around. Hello, people driving around that are listening to this here in uh, probably just in the next 24 hours. I'll have it up the audio portion up on the podcast. So killing two birds with one stone, which helps me have more time to write music and make music income. And that is what I am trying to do. So, all right, let's get to the next part of this. Uh, today's show is sponsored by Make Music Income Daily. If you want to know what's going on behind the scenes with me, I've got lots of new levels for this thing. You can go to makemusicincome.com daily, or you can go to this link right here. YouTube does not make it easy for you to join this thing. But if you're interested on what I am doing every day, every single morning, I try to shoot a quick video about what I'm about to get into or what I'm into already. So you can be part of that at makemusicincome.com daily. And there's other levels where I can help you with listening to your songs and even doing some one-on-one -on -one coaching. So if you're interested, take a look at that. All right, let's get into my week as a little bit of an update here. Well, it was a sad week for our family as we had to travel up to Lexington. So you may not have seen as much content from me last week. Um, we had a death in the family, and um, so we had to go up to our hometown in Kentucky and uh, spend a few days there and organize that. And uh, I did get to sing at the funeral uh, as requested by the by her and uh it was i'll just go ahead and say it was my mother-in-law and she um was uh very uh a, a personality i'll just tell you that but she had asked me to sing uh, certain songs at the funeral and so i was able to do that and i was very proud and happy to be able to do that i did do one short um and then uh, I started thinking a lot about the new mastermind that I'm going to be getting into. Um, I also had a, a good talk with a couple of my exclusive libraries and found out what they are wanting right now. So I have some marching orders from several libraries. Um, 
one of the things the, the short that I did was my uh, new ex, my non-exclusive checklist if you saw it and that's pretty much what I do for all my videos that I'm going to uh, all the music sorry that I'm going to put out and when I put out this music I kind of go through this checklist it always starts with pawn 5 and you can see that on there um, let's see what else is happening uh, I also thought about some new strategies for that non-exclusive music checklist, including uh, kind of putting more of my music for sale on my own site. And uh, also, I'm getting some interesting uh, results from my June experiments. If you remember, I took everything on Pond5 up to $69, and let's just say it's working. Uh, I'll be doing a special on that, maybe even next week, as early as next week, about the June experiments, how they went, and what I think I'm going to do from this point on. All right, well, I want to now move right into this uh, first, though, the news. It's the news of Monday, June 26, 11.11 a.m., and this is what I found this week that I'm interested in as news. Arturia, I don't know if you know who Arturia is, but they are a, um, a plug-in and hardware controller company. And uh, I'm just going to share this little screen with you. They've come out with some new controllers that you might be want to be aware of for several reasons. If you are someone who wants to is a need of of a good uh, multifunction keyboard. I I think the Keylab Essential stuff is now it's not for me because it's pretty budget, uh, and I and even this is a little budget for me. The 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 keyboard I have, I'll talk about that in a moment. But the Keylab Essential um, Mark III has just come out. And this is great for a lot of reasons. But they have a 49, uh, Keylab Essential 49, Universal MIDI controller, a Keylab Essential 61 Mark III, which is um, $269. The, the $49 one is only $219. And then if you go down here, you'll see they have not updated yet the Keylab Essential 88. We have one of these over at the school. Um, it's a fine keyboard. I don't care. For, it's semi-weighted, and I, I like a fully weighted piano-type keyboard. But if you are in the market for um, some kind of keyboard, I've seen this keyboard, Keylab Essential 88, for under 400, more like 385 or 365 or something like that over at Guitar Center. So these... The cool thing about these is, number one, you get the Keylab uh, Essential software. I can't remember what's called, Audio Lab or something like that. And um, but the prices are just so good. Now, here's the second reason I'm so excited about this happening. Number one, they're probably going to come out with a new Keylab Essential 88 Mark III. They likely might even come out with. I would be more interested in the Keylab 88, which is more fully weighted. But this could mean that they're going to also, and not them, but Native Instruments, the keyboard I have right here, is going to also upgrade their keyboards. And I have, as you can notice behind me, there is no keyboard back there like there used to be. I sold my 88 no keyboard. And I'm very excited for this. I, I'm hoping that what happens here is Arturia um, 
and their upgrades mean that native instrument controllers, which have been on sale, by the way, for about the last two months, they have been blowing out all of their controllers. So I'm hoping there's new complete controllers. And, uh, and <laughs> Matias says, I swear on the NI Complete S series. Yeah, I cannot live with this anymore, folks. This has to be part of my arsenal just because so much that I use, I can dial right up on this and I don't have to do all sorts of of, of messing around on. Uh, and when I, if for you listen to the podcast, I am holding and pointing to my uh, Native Instruments S61, which I love very much. And on the S61, it has screens where you can pick the sounds. And I have, I have the incomplete series and uh, so many of my uh, it also allows you to press record and, and undo and all the things you need to do. So you can work completely at the keyboard, which I think is really important for composers and it certainly is for me. So agreed, um, I swear on the NI Complete S series as well. All right, let's see what else we got. Uh, hey, remember that we have free stuff. Um, you may be someone who needs uh to have a checklist. I need checklists. I don't know about you, but I need to be able to, every time I make a song or, or go through some kind of procedure, this podcast has its own uh, template and checklist and all that kind of stuff. And I need to be able to go through a checklist and do everything. And just every time I finish new songs, and I just did this this past weekend, I just go in there and I make sure that it's in all the libraries I wanted to get in. It's on Spotify, it's in BMI, it's in Content ID, lots of ways that they help, and it's very helpful. Sorry, I was attacked from below by a cat. Um, so if you want to get that, plus I have other things like 50 Ways to Make Music Income ebook, very popular ebook, a new ebook called Tools to Make Music and Make Music Income, which I, we were just talking about, and lots of other things. You can find that at makemusicincome.com slash free. It's all free. It's free to you, my friends. All right. Let's get to our next news item. That's right, next news item today. This just in. Um, loops. Uh, we, we have to talk about loops for a moment because we all use them in some shape form or fashion. We we take loops off of uh, a complete series or we take loops off of uh, splice or something like that. Well, um, this has become a topic of concern. You've heard probably Jesse talking about this if you listen to his channel, where he talks about the fact that um, you know, music libraries have problems with it. And we hear issues sometimes with content ID and loops. Well, there's been another development with loops and licensing. And that is a uh, somewhat personal to me, but very telling, I think. And that is the fact that my um, main music library, and this is my one of probably my, the busiest exclusive library I work for, the president came on today, or I should say this past week, and said, we can't use loops anymore. They are getting killed by loop um, I, when I say they, I mean the, the 
not the library, but the well, the library is getting requests back from people who are saying, "Hey, are you, you're using illegal loops." So now, what's happening with these loops is is the fact that television shows and movies and content ID and all this kind of stuff is is just having a lot of problems now that we've got AI listening to everything. Well, they are having problems with the loops, and so much so that we got the word this week to put the kibosh on using any loops. And, and, and to the fact that the library I, I work for is actually going to be making their own loop library that you can pull from, which that doesn't sound that exciting to me. I'll just not use loops, but um, or I'll just build my own. But loops and licensing do not mix. And if you, <clears throat> excuse me, if you are um, making a lot of music and you're hoping that it's going to get into licensing, you better start to think, get away from loops that are already pre-made and that any person can download. This certainly means logic loops. This certainly means splice. This certainly means um, arcade by output. Either that or you've got to chop these things up so much that they don't sound like the loops that you pulled down. Uh, loop um, Loops can just be a problem and they certainly are a problem for this library. And so, yeah, I would start to steer clear from loops, folks. Um, it might be a good thing to start with, but before you finish your song, go back to that loop, chop it up or take it out or reproduce something that's like it out of your own um, your own sounds. And I know that's a hassle and I know that stinks because you're thinking loops make it, I can't do this without these loops. And well, you're going to have to because it's just getting it's getting difficult for libraries to deal with them because remember they get all the stems from you usually when we're talking about non-exclusive libraries they want all the stems and clients get these stems and sometimes the television show might just use the stem and the stem is just a loop that came from splice that's a problem and so we're going to have to be really careful about that all right so any comments about that we're getting close to q a time uh, Matthew Harvey says, good to see you here. I've heard the same about loops from my publishers. Yeah, it's it's a thing and that we're hearing more and more stuff about it. Um, <laughs> okay. Arco says, I'll be back with some snacks. Good. That, thanks for adding that, Arco. Yeah, Ronan says, no loops. Yeah, we've got to get away from that. Uh, good morning, Ronan. Thanks for being here. Yeah, we're going to have to watch loops. So anyway. Moving on to the next thing I have here today before we get to our main topic, and I just want to talk about something that's coming. It's This is something that I was thinking about last week, and you, you know that when I have an idea, I just blurt it out there for all to see. And I, you know, I've been talking about our mastermind on the Hello Composers channel. We haven't got that started. We did a few of those um, before uh, some busy things happened. And so uh, I had an idea, though. Wouldn't it be cool if we did a mastermind, and the mastermind was a 10-week mastermind, and what we tried to do is develop 10 songs, and that would give us a full album. You could release it to streaming. You could shop it to libraries. You could sell on sheet music sites. You could license to gaming sites. You could license this beats. Just basically 10 songs that you would have in 10 weeks. And to me... This sounds like something that might be 
kind of fun. And so I am writing, I had a whole thing prepared to talk about today, but I don't think I'm prepared to really announce this yet and when it's going to start and all that kind of stuff. We may have to wait a week or so. But if you are interested at all in this idea and you want to get on the wait list for me to contact you about this, email me at makemusicincome at gmail.com. We may still do the one at Hello Composers. That might become more of a weekly uh, free thing or a weekly um, uh, week by week thing. But this is going to be a definite focused 10 week course. And also it'll include a one hour meeting with me at the end once you finish all the songs to figure out what you're going to do with them. And so I think it's going to be a pretty good idea, but I'm still thinking on it. I'd love your comments on it. You can let me know in the email. Daydream says, do you mean 10 songs of each attendee? I do. I mean 10 songs in 10 weeks from each person. And uh, this is a challenge, really. It's uh, Now, this sounds like a challenge, but most people are already writing 10 songs in 10 weeks, um, especially you 52 Qs people who are usually uh, trying to write a song per week but uh, as, as an average. But I think this is kind of something that might be a really fun challenge. And um, I think we could do this in a way that we build every week. You don't have to have each song completely finished. And yes, uh, this is very much like the 52 Q's idea, except we're really only doing this for 10 weeks for 10 songs. And I would like each album to be focused on a certain kind of genre maybe or or an idea think of it as how could i best sell this to a library well 10 songs of what genre aaron says uh, well that sounds interesting being able to learn how to simplify and streamline the process yeah that'd be part of it certainly um the first week would really be trying to define a a, a not just a process, but define the genre that you're going to work in. Uh, I have to do a 10-song dramedy album. I've been assigned it. And so sometimes you just, you know, oh, I've always wanted to do an album in this particular thing or whatever. And I do. I want to do uh, that and get that done. So it could be the same for you if you are, if you know that there's you need to come up with a good number of songs. Now, that all said, at the end of 10 weeks, if you only have six songs, then fine. It's still very helpful to pitch to libraries, put out as an EP. More songs is more songs, right? So let's think about this. Let me know if you're interested. Again, um, you can just email me at makemusicincome at gmail.com. Tell me you're interested. I'll put you on the wait list. And as I define it, you'll be part of how I define it. So would love to have you be there. Um, remember that you can join and subscribe and do something uh, if you're watching here today. Thanks for being here. And remember to be part of the con the podcast uh, like other people have, like Arco has, like Aaron has, like Matias has. Thank you so much for being part of this. You guys are my co-host on my podcast until Stevie comes back. Where is Stevie? Um, actually, we, we have a, a couple of things in the works we've been talking about doing. Had a very interesting uh, conversation with someone lately that uh, Steve and I have been wanting to 
get on the show and talk to and something big is happening there. So just a little tease, but something's happening there. All right. Well, it's time to get to our subject today. Let's get into how to build a thriving music production business. The topic today is something that is not just near and dear to my heart. It is how I have made my income and still make my income. Before I did this podcast today, I did weekly updates to about 15 clients. And folks, that's money that comes every month. That's money that I know is coming and, and is is uh, is basically my salary. That's not, will, will a song get on a library? Will any songs get streamed and me make any money from Spotify? It's none of that. It's it, This is getting paid as a job. And this is the thing that I really want to talk about. And so I'm going to go through what I feel is basically a five-step process and uh, just kind of see what you think of this. All right, so let's start with the first thing, direction. You could also call this consulting. You could also call this coaching. But uh, in my particular business, what I have done is always started out with a consulting component when someone is interested in having me produce for them, whether it's a single, an EP, or an album. I make sure I meet with them either in person or through Zoom. Uh, in in uh, Nashville, I used to have a day where I would meet at a record label or at a studio with one to five different people and kind of go through my whole process, which is kind of what I'm doing today. So you're kind of getting a free uh, music consulting appointment with me. But I think you have to meet with people and find out who they are first, what they want to accomplish, what they're doing. This isn't just cranking stuff out in the studio, unless you're just a studio. Now, if you decide to open up a studio or a music production business that's just studio, well, that's fine. But what I'm talking about is something much bigger for me, much, much bigger than just, I want to make a, 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 a CD. This is people who come in, and when I say CD, I mean album. It's kind of an old term. Nobody's making CDs anymore. But people come in, I want to make an album. I want to make a musical statement, let's just say, of some kind. And we need to define what they, why they want to do this. Who are they going to sell this to? Are they going to be a performing artist? Are they going to be an online artist? Are, are they going to be some kind of influencer artist? How... What are they going to do with this? And this may seem too much for some people, and that's okay because you don't need to serve a 1,000 people. You need to serve 10, 10 people at a time, 20 people at a time. That might sound like a lot, but when you think about it, about, about it as a studio type of business, but you're producing artists, then it's really not that much. So I like to get into this direction part. This is the first secret of having a thriving music production business. It's not just, yeah, call me, send me a demo, I'll make you a rough and we'll kind of go from there. All that is fine. Again, if you're just gonna crank out some tunes for some people, or if you're going to just be a studio for someone. But if you want to have a thriving business and you wanna have clients that come back to you year after year, I have clients I'm working for now, I've been working for for years, a decade, 
I have people who come back to me after a decade or two decades to work, and it's because I sat down with them first, and I spent time with them to find out what they wanted to do, to find out the direction of their music, or in my case, in a lot of the stuff I was doing, their ministry or their jazz career or whatever genre it was. What are we going to do? What is the focus of all of this? And so that was the very first thing I do. And I and I, I might it might seem I'm harping on it right now, but it is huge. It is hugely important to building a client that lasts for a long time and that client continuing to come back to you. All right, so we move on to the next part. And like I said, we offer that consulting upfront because most people aren't, aren't even prepared that you're going to want to talk to them about their thing. And you don't have to charge much for, for consulting. Consulting could be $100. It could be you know $150, whatever you think it needs to be. You could do like I did. I would have uh, a full day where, that had a full um, a full list of things that we were going to talk about everything it was very educational and uh i'm thinking about offering it again here on the channel it's something that i don't see anybody else offering and i should just bring it back right just bring it back to everybody um so um aaron c says do you produce remotely or people in media area both certainly um certainly as a matter of fact I don't have anybody here locally. And even when I lived in Nashville, I didn't have anybody locally. Everybody comes from somewhere else to produce their music because they're looking for that person. And they find that when they consult with someone and they find a like, you know, a like mind and a like heart. And they say, oh, I really like this person. I want them to produce me. Now, there's way more secrets though. That's just the first secret of this whole thing, folks. This, all that other stuff, that's just number one. Now, then, of course, after you have met with them, after you know their direction, after you know what they want to do, what their heart's desire is, then you can offer your services as a music producer or a music provider or whatever you're going to do for them. But it usually means you're going to produce them. Now, why do you want to do this? Well, you want music income, obviously, right? And Producing, um, just in case you don't know, uh, and it, or, or at least the way I produced people, was to charge them on a monthly basis instead, or, or a per song basis. You could do it that way. But one thing I never did was work for people up front with no money. In other words, I did not do what we call spec work where, hey, yeah, if you get Maybe this was something 50 years ago people did, but I never did it in the past 25 years. I've never worked on spec for someone saying, ooh, if you make money with this, you can pay me back later. <laughs> Not, no, no, we don't do it that way. What we do is we need to make music income. This is our job. If, if your goal is to be a music producer full-time, and, and again, just like me, you can be a music producer and you can also do library music and you can also do streaming and you can also do your own music and you can do all the things. But if you want music income, you want consistent music income, I'm telling you, what you're going to want to do is build a production business. And here's the best part of this whole thing. You're already doing it. You're already making music for yourself or you're making music for uh, you're making music for licensing, you're making your own music, and you're putting it on Spotify, you are already doing it. 
you're making this music anyway. You also likely have a studio. You likely have your own room set up to do music. And so you have all the tools you need. It'd be like having a, I don't know, a restaurant that's fully stocked, that has cooks and everything, and you own it and you own everything in it and not offering to cook anything for anyone other than just yourself. It'd be like having a restaurant and just making you your own meals every day. That's what having a studio and not bringing clients is. <laughs> it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Now, there's a second thing. Now, you might say, I don't have a studio. I don't have a full working studio to bring people in. I have a solution for you, and it's one that I used in Nashville. Actually, I used it in Kentucky before I even moved to Nashville, and I've used it here in Orlando. And that is partner with a studio. Find a studio and have your clients pay for it. People will pay for experience, and not just your experience that you have, but an experience that they get to have. Part of the attraction for people to coming to my consulting thing that I offered in Nashville was the fact that they got to come to Nashville. They got to come to this beautiful studio. They got to come to a record label where I was having this meeting and they got to have an experience. And so they will also pay for, they will pay for anything that they need. It's a little bit like a person building a house. I use the contractor uh, producer um, kind of comparison all the time. Guess who pays for the, the produce, the contractor or the producer in this case, the client. Guess who pays for the electrician? The client. Guess who pays for the plumber? The client. Guess who pays for every other thing that goes on in the house to build the house? The client pays for it. The person who is building the the uh, the whole place. They are trying to uh, build a, a, an album, and they need the best contractors involved. And so to me, that is the real key is partner with a studio if you don't have one. To be honest with you, I do not bring people here. I don't bring people to my house and I haven't in almost my whole career. Maybe when I first started, I did. But once I started moving out and playing with others and getting out into local studios, and then especially once I moved to Nashville, I no longer brought people to the house. I brought people to studios and the client paid for it. Now you can roll this into your fees if you want to. I think that's a terrible idea and I'm terrible with money. So I would never do that. I would keep everything completely separate. And so that's that's the reason why you need to be offering your services as a producer. You need music income. You're already making music. You're making it for libraries or you're making it for your own music. You already have a studio or you know of a studio. So once you get that whole thing going, that's the production process. Now, I'm not going to get into the production process today on, on how you produce. How do you produce? Well, that's a whole other different video. And I will be making a video about that. But I want to continue this thought of building a thriving kind of music business, a music business that people, uh, that you continue to get work. So here's the real and next secret sauce, and that is you've got to market. You've got to market yourself. I think a minute ago I saw Arco say, uh, I always face difficulty in getting clients especially clients outside my state, country, and city. 
And Aaron said, do you produce remotely or people in the media area? She also says, is it hard finding clients remotely? How do you best find your clients? Um, I'm about to tell you. I'm, I'm completely about to tell you uh, this. There's a lot of great questions coming on. This is, uh, this is great. And uh, Jess Smith, thanks for being here, says, encourage. Good. Got way more, though, here for you. So marketing is our secret sauce. First of all, this is something that most producers just don't do. Most of them, uh, people in Nashville, especially who were producers like me, they'd say, I don't know how you have so much work. How do you have so many clients? I'm like, because I market my butt off. And they say, oh, I need to do that. If I heard that once, I heard a million times, especially from people who, <clears throat> let's say, were in the the days of, of wine and roses for the music business, the 80s and 90s, and then the 2000s come along and pew, the bottom kind of falls out of the industry side of things. Because the CD quit selling, we started getting MP3s, and that's a whole other podcast as well. But the, the thing that people always said to me that wanted to do more producing was, I don't know where I'm going to get clients. I need to find clients. I'm like, why don't you put up a website? And they would say, yeah, oh, I'm working on a website. I'm, I'm really working on a website right now. And probably a lot of you are laughing and going, yep, I'm working on a website right now. <laughs> because, yeah, there, uh, this is something that um, I did. Now, I started my producing career in the mid-90s. And most every client I had at first was locally. To, to answer your question, Aaron, most of my, 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 my work was coming locally. But then I put up a website and uh, I learned HTML. And as soon as I learned that, man, I had a site up like that. And I'm about to go through what was on that site. But the most important thing that was on that site was a portfolio. And I don't even remember what I used for portfolio back in the 90s because it was like real audio or something. You couldn't even put full MP3s up there. It was just too little bandwidth. But the point was I had a website and, and I had a niche, which didn't hurt. I was focusing a lot on the contemporary uh, gospel and Christian market that's um, kind of a, a – it's a genre I inherited from another producer, and also because I grew up in the church, it was just it was just a genre that made sense to me. I also uh, make my own music, but it was mostly jazz, and so I also kind of worked in the jazz genre. But I found them because I put up a website up online so that people could type in looking for a Christian music producer, and guess what? They would find me because I was actively. Um, fishing for these clients, and they were actively looking for uh, someone to help them. And then I put up a portfolio, and at first, my portfolio was my stuff. And this is what I would suggest to you. Maybe at first, this is just going to be what you've been sending out to libraries. I talk about this all the time to everybody and everything. I talked about it to my students. I talk about it to you guys here. I talked about it to Arco when he was trying to talk about wanting to have people see his work as he's trying to go to school and things like that. Portfolio is the stuff, man. you got to have a portfolio. Now, you could use SoundCloud. I use Disco, but I've used SoundCloud a lot. 
And then you just got to put the very best stuff you've produced on that portfolio. And really, that's likely the first thing people should see. People should see or hear what you can do. They will look at that and they will go, I'll have what they're having. And if it and when it got to the point where I had Nashville produced artists on there and I produced some kind of artist, a guy, and it was really high end produced, people would go on there, I'll have what he's having. How do I get that? That's what I want. It's kind of like that when Harry met Sally scene, I'll have what she's having. That's exactly what people want. Um, and then I'm going to list my services. I'm going to tell people what I do for them, including that upfront kind of direction and consulting for them, because that's something they're going to want to know about. And then the producing stuff and then some other stuff I'm going to get into in a minute. And then I'm going to put pictures up and I'm going to put pictures up of people in the studio. People will also look at that and go, Ooh, that's what I want. I want to go to Nashville and be in that studio or Orlando and be in that studio or wherever you live and be in that studio. And it doesn't have to be, like I said, your house. It doesn't have to be this room. But it could be a room at a local studio that you can get to that you could partner with and bring work into. And once they see that, they're going to want to go there. And then, of course, you're going to want to put a little bit of information about you. And then the most important part, your contact page. But this, I can't stress, folks, we still, do you know any company that you would work with that doesn't have a website? And you might say, well, they've got Instagram. We'll get to Instagram in a minute. But real companies that you would trust to pay large amounts of money to that don't have a website? Of course you don't. So as a thriving, to be a thriving music company, you're going to have to, um, you're going to have to be on a website that people can find. And likely you're going to have to have a niche or something that goes along with that. And this can just be a simple WordPress site, it can be a simple Wix site, it doesn't have to be anything super crazy. And at first, you could just start with a portfolio page that's on your web, that's a website with a portfolio page with maybe a, an email. That is a start. And you can be able to set that up in, in an hour. So that's the first thing. All right. So let's move on into this marketing part, which again, secret sauce stuff here. Um, obviously, the social medias, um, I think the only two I'm going to really push these days is this one, YouTube, and probably Instagram. I think Instagram is a way you can show off what you're doing, but YouTube is a way that you can talk to people. Like I'm talking to you now. I'm trying to convince you. I'm dragging, pulling through the screen saying, Please, this is available to you to make music income. That's what this whole channel is called. It's how I've made six figures for many of the last 25 years. It's because I produced people and I produced them and I produced their music. Yes, there is a trade-off here. If I talk about how I had to basically give up a lot of my time to make my music, that is a trade-off and you can... There are ways to get around that. Um, again, another video. Um, but uh, I would I would say uh, Instagram and YouTube, I don't see any reason and, and any way that I would use TikTok really for my music business, depending on genre. Now, if you're if you're looking for artists who are 20 years old and or bands or or, or certain kinds of artists, then maybe TikTok is going to be a smart place to 
to market. But I would focus my Instagram when I was running full time my business. Anytime I'm in the studio, I'm snapping pictures and putting on Instagram because that's what people want to see. That's what people want to do. And uh, also same with YouTube. That is a major way to show off the music we make. And so I think these are the two for sure um, things you need for marketing. All right. This is basically a nugget all in itself. And that is have a freaking email list, people. Get people's emails, give away a free PDF or something and let them, I do that here. I just did it earlier when I was talking about the free stuff. You know, I do that as well. And when I put up something like the do everything checklist and say, hey, you can go get it for free here. You can do that as well on your website. But um, what that does is they have to give an email away. And then that email allows you to do things that you can't do otherwise. And that is to reach people on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. I used to send out every two weeks an e- a blog. And that blog was, um, it was just a newsletter that was very, um, it, was, it was called For the Creative Soul. And it, and it really kind of um, pushed people to be creative and it was very soft marketing, right? It's kind of like these videos, soft marketing, so that you will trust me, so that if I offer something, you might want to work with me on it. And it's offering something from you, soft marketing. And then your email list, you can sell, sell, sell to them. You don't want to sell on YouTube that much. You don't want to sell on your Instagram. But you can sell to your email list maybe every five to ten Uh, emails that you send out and people will be glad to get that. They signed up for this and they got free stuff from you. So they are very happy to have this from you. Um, All right. And then we move on to the, what I call the usual suspects of where you can find work right away. Number one, friends, your family, people at your school, or if you teach at a school or you go to a school, you can find people to work with and for and maybe also at your church. These are all four places that I found first clients and it got me started. And again, it's it's important to get started so you have portfolio. Because again, if you can get people to your website, cool. But if they come to your website and all it says is, hey, look at me, I'm look at me, I'm sitting here at this this big studio, that's fine. But what people People don't really care about you in, in a studio. What they care about is what you've done for other people and how they can get what they need, which is going to come from somewhere else and, and for, you're going to hear in your portfolio. Then you're gonna, they're going to need to know the services they can get and they're going to want to see pictures of people doing all that kind of stuff. So family, friends, uh, church, school, these are good places to find people. And, and I did this kind of stuff at at first a little bit for free a little bit for underpaid these are just people say when they find out you do this they find out you can turn a microphone on oh can you record me this is actually how i got into music production i was making my own music boink was making my own music all the time and showing my friends and showing my family and showing people at church and at school and they were like that's awesome can you make some for me can you record me? And boom, the recording business started for me. So all of this is basically the marketing. 
the website with all the things we are talking about, socials, having a good email list, starting to just offer yourself, just have business cards that you can hand out and people are asking it, family reunions at church functions, at school functions, anything you're at, at your job, whatever, you hand them a card and then they go to that website and they hear stuff and they're like, whoa, so what does it cost to work with you? How do I get something recorded? And boom, folks, you are making music income by producing people, rinse and repeat all the way back up to the consulting thing and just continue that and continue that. Sometimes you don't have to go back to consulting because you have clients that are going to be coming back to you. And sometimes the rinse and repeat part is that clients are coming back because uh, they are, they've, they're done with the cycle of releasing and, and marketing the music that they just made with you. And so now they need more music. And they like working with you. And so they're going to come back to you. And so rinse and repeat. Okay. So that's really the first out outline. I've got one, two more things here. Extra services. This is really the cherry on top and really probably how I made um, six figures for real, not just producing people and making their music, but doing other things for people. And let me tell you something, this is a, remember I told you that uh, the producers would say, how do you have so many clients? And I'd say, I made, I have, you know, they found me on my website. Oh, I'm working on a website. I'm going to have a website up soon. And then probably never, never do. Um, this extra services part is really the extra cherry because it's something almost no one does who is a music producer. And that is offer other services that they're going to need after you make music for them. Now, we don't necessarily live in the CD land anymore where you're going to be making a CD for them. That being said, I'm working on three different clients at least right now that are going to have full CDs coming out. But I'm literally doing artwork for us. I'm literally doing a 16-page booklet for a client right now who is releasing something. Again, it's genre-related, people who are in the gospel worlds and certain other kinds of, uh, of genres are still definitely producing hard copies. I have a guy producing vinyl right now. So, um, But these are the things that you can either do or you can sub out to friends of yours who are great pros, or you can find great pros and make them friends of yours because you're going to send them a lot of business. The first one is photography. People can't do any marketing of their music without pictures of themselves. So whether they just need a cover for a single or they need an entire full um a full marketing campaign, whatever it's going to be. They're going to need good photography. Maybe you're a pretty decent photographer. Maybe you could pull off these services. I've done tons of photography for people just with my phone, uh, just on lower budget projects. And then also graphic design goes right alongside this. I've been working in Photoshop since the 90s. And so I know how to edit stuff up and make uh, and do art design if needed. Would I rather do this and this, uh, photography and design? No, I would rather hire it out and have the client pay for it, which is usual what happens. Then we have web design, which is something that I also did professionally in the 90s in, in my corporate days. And so I am able to help people make websites and change web 
things. I can even help them set up their social media design. And uh, we've even run people's social media design back when Creative Soul Records was at its peak and I had employees and things like that. But um, these are all things, photography, graphic design, web design, and social media design and setup that you can help people with. I'm not even talking yet. Uh, I'm not going to talk today about radio or publicity or all those other things that may or may not be worth it or exist anymore. But all of these things, if you can offer these extra services that no one else really is offering, especially producers, because they're just wanting to make music only. Again, this this really gets you more business because yes, you can be producing more music because you can also offer them these extra services, whether you do them or not. It's just something no one else does. And I still don't know. People still come to me from Nashville going, this person needs a, a book, a, you know, a graphic arts and photography and, and all that stuff. And we, we don't do that. And you're the only person we know who does that. And I, of course, I'm not the only person, but I am a person who specializes in doing it for music albums and music artists. All right. And then number five, just continued consulting. Here's the, here's the magical part. You get done with the album, you record it all, you make all the music, you produce everything, you get a product out, you get it up to Spotify, you do all these things. Everything is done. They go off and be artists and wait and watch if people listen and or maybe even go out and sing, can you imagine? And they go out and do gigs and they keep moving along and then we have this thing happen where uh, you, they're going to come back and they're going to say, can we talk about the next album? Rinse and repeat. That's what I'm talking about. The next thing, you start all over again. You even have to kind of do some consulting again and consult with them again and consult with them again. And I just got done doing weekly updates. I do every Monday morning. I can continually consult for these people who pay me monthly. So, folks, you can be producing music as long as you want. Um, you can produce as much as you want or as little as you want. You can produce it alongside of everything else that you are doing, even if you have a day job. You can have a career that depends on no one but you. This, this thing, you are the boss. You are the head of this particular music production company, and you can produce music wherever and however you like. Okay, so that is where I'm going to stop with this. I'm not going to stop this broadcast, however, because there's a thousand questions here in the thing, and I'm going to go ahead and try to answer them a little bit. Aaron says, can you define watermark for me? Uh, and, and if I assume watermark, do you mean audio watermark? It's just if you hear somebody saying, if you hear some music in the middle, it goes pawn five. You know that's an audio watermark. Uh, Aaron says, is it hard finding clients remotely? Uh, people who have come to me always approach saying co-write, which means produce for, for, for free. Yeah, no. Um, when I Co-write is falls under producing for me. In other words, I don't think of producing someone's song that we are writing as me uh, doing free production. I am a professional. I've been doing this for 25 years. When they work with me, a co-write means they're paying me. In other words, I get paid to co-write. 
I don't do free co-writes just for fun. I don't have time for fun. <laughs> if I'm going to have fun, I'm going to have fun with my own writing my own music. If someone wants to co-write with me because they know I can produce it, then they'll pay me as a producer. Uh, Daydream says, how important is it for you to swing on the same wavelength with the client? Are there some cases where you find out that will not be my client? This is a great question. And I wish I had a better answer other than to say, I've usually taken every client. <laughs> uh, sometimes, every now and then, you, and this is gonna depend on your personality. If you're a person who can only deal with certain kinds of people, then yeah, you're going to have to say, no, you're not, you're not gonna be my client. But if you are a person who wants to make music because you have no other job, then you are going to say yes to most all clients. One, one answer to this is having co-producers or um, people who can do work for you and you can hand off this particular client to them. And so I have something like that. Uh, Aaron says, how do you find clients with realistic expectations on what a professional product requires? The people I find have no money and no concept of real costs. I get this. The answer is they're not ready to record. If they want to have a professional recording that sounds higher end, they're going to pay for it. If they don't, they won't. Think of people who buy cars. If if they go to a, uh, a place that sells Porsches, uh, they will walk in and go, can I get a car payment for about 250 bucks? Of course you cannot. They will have to leave the Porsche dealership. Sometimes for, be forcibly removed because they're not going to get a Porsche. Okay, They can go record with Jimmy Bob in their hometown and or their uh, uncle who has um, you know a multi-track cassette deck in his basement. That's what they're going to get. It's no different than any other kind of service. If you want to pay a low price, you're going to have to get a low service. If you want to pay a high price, you can get a higher service. And that's just really the um, what I can say about that. Uh, Jess Smith says, what about Facebook marketing? Ooh, I don't think I'm going to fool with Facebook for marketing anymore. Unless you're talking about using Facebook Instagram ads, which I do believe in. I think that is the best way to use Facebook for marketing. But as far as Facebook groups and Facebook uh, pages, I've done that for 25 years for clients. And I, I've, it's just Facebook has made it somewhat impossible to reach people there. So I think you're much better on some of the other Instagram, especially, uh, to reach people. Um, Arco says, it's good. It's hard to find good mus musicians in my area. I think I need to teach them music. Well, it may be, but there are sites that you can go to and find great musicians. Soundbetter.com is one of them. And then you build those costs of those musicians and singers as needed into your costs. And you do not be afraid to charge. Folks, I am getting ready to make a major adjustment to my library, my non-exclusive library plan. And it is not going to be the $5 plan. Um, that'll be in another video, but we have to we have to charge what we're worth and what the music is worth. And if you don't do that, you're not going to make uh, income at this, in my opinion. Fabio says, is it possible to turn a non-exclusive song into an exclusive song? Someone liked an, an instrumental you did and want to put vocals to it. Uh, I'm not sure I understand that question. Um, did someone ask you to buy the license of a song exclusively that's in a non-exclusive catalog of yours? 
Some, well, if it's if it's if if I'm wanting to put it into an exclusive use, I've got to be able to pull it out of the non-exclusive catalogs. And with Pond Five, you can. With Motion Array, you can. With Audio Jungle, you can. With Audio Sparks, you can't. Uh, there's a few that don't let you pull things out once you've put them in, and it's in the instructions in the beginning. So uh, it can be done. I've done it uh, lots of times, and I've done it the opposite way. I've had stuff in exclusive libraries, and they didn't put it out, so I pulled it back, and now I'm putting it in uh, non-exclusive libraries. Walt says, it really does sound like a great idea. Well, of course it's a great idea, Walt. Uh, you need to be producing people for income, especially if it's something that you want to get to a place that you, you want to make your full-time income. Music production, my friends, is is easily the highest and fastest. Other than teaching, teaching is another one that's probably the fastest way to get somewhere close to a full-time music income. But uh, I think that music production is is certainly a way to do that more. Uh, Fabio says, now, musicians have to do a little bit of everything. Absolutely, yeah. Web, web development, graphic design, photography. Uh, Marcus is in the house. Need horns? Always, Marcus. Uh, I have I have some horns. Always need horns. Um, all right. Let's see here. Uh, Marcus also, uh, Walt says, web services, photography. These are great ideas. I've been doing this myself and could offer it as a service to others. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to do with producing something for them. You can offer these a la carte. And I have for many, many years, I've been doing these a la carte. Aaron says, Music Array asking me for it to submit uh, the watermark. Oh, well, they shouldn't now. Uh, if you are now trying to get with Motion Array, they have changed this month where they no longer require the watermark. All you have to do is upload the full 24-bit file as the preview and, and or the full 24-bit files of if you have different versions that do you just line them all up make a big wave and set that's going to be your 24-bit preview they will put the watermark in now just so you know all right well everybody thanks so much i hope this has helped today um this has been something that i've been wanting to talk about for a long time because i know everybody here wants to make a music income and possibly somehow put make music their only income and who wouldn't right i mean i know i did and do and still do and so i had to do this i had to build my own music business i went back and forth to nashville throwing my songs to them saying please sign me to a publishing deal blah 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 which by the way i have a publishing deal many publishing deals now but at the time that's all i wanted was a publishing deal i just wanted a, a deal and Eventually, I found that I could make a living in music and and have now for decades as a music producer. And I hope these have helped you. And uh, I will put timestamps in here tomorrow once uh, the video is edited a little bit. Uh, thank you for listening on the podcast. Thank you for being part of it here today. Everybody who's been part of this, Aaron C. in the Revolving Glass Door. What a great name. Uh, Fabio, thanks for being here. Arco. Uh, SJC Music, Walt Williams, Marley Music, uh, I, I know Matthias is in here, Jeff, Jess Smith, uh, everybody, thanks for all your comments and for co-hosting with me again here on the Make Music Income podcast, and we'll see you next time. Have a great day, 
and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.